Hello, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Inspired by the Word Times of Devotion. Right now, we're going to be praying. I'm going to be reading the scripture, 1 Timothy 2, from verse 1 to 4. I exhort, therefore, the first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. Right now we're going to be praying. We're praying for all men. Hallelujah. Most especially men who are being prepared or being sent out as missionaries, missionaries and weapons of war and crisis into the different nations of the world. I'm going to pray, declaring that this once, your salvation story is here, hallelujah. This once, they receive salvation, hallelujah. This once, they have an encounter with the Spirit of God, encounter with angels, hallelujah, and salvation is birthed for them. Let's go ahead and unmute our mics and begin to pray. Let's pray for them, hallelujah. That they are being unleashed as weapons of mass destruction, weapons of war, hallelujah. That right now, they begin to encounter, encounter angels, hallelujah. Salvation, hallelujah. Ragabaya, 
Ya 
Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit of God. We thank you, O God, for the salvation of God, of the souls of God, of these missionaries. That be sent all over the world, as the ones that are still being groomed to be sent all over the world. Father, we thank you, O God. Yes, this one's encounters, encounters with angels. Hallelujah. Salvation encounters, salvation encounters. Lord, we thank you, O God. We thank you. Yes, hallelujah. For the healing streams of God, we thank you, O God, because the healing anointing of God is still permeating all over the world right now. Lika Santa Kabaya, men are still experiencing their healings, O God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Makasata Kabaya, lives are still being touched. Hallelujah, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, there's a proof of God, a proof of the word of God all over the world. Hallelujah, that the word works. Hallelujah, to the salvation of these missionaries. Hallelujah, through the healing of the people. Yes, hallelujah. We are never disadvantaged. Yes, we are never disadvantaged for every opportunity. Hallelujah. To preach the gospel continually increases and gets larger and larger and larger by the power of the Holy Ghost flooding throughout the nations of the world. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, we thank you, O oh God. Lives have been transformed. Hallelujah. Lives and families, these missionaries, as they receive these encounters, their families, oh God, also affected. Hallelujah. Their families, oh God, also hear the, the good news of God's saving power. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, so souls and more souls, five billion souls and more. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We exalt your holy name, O oh God, for you are God all by yourself. Hallelujah. And yes, the wind of salvation blowing, blowing through the earth. Hallelujah. Blowing through the earth. Hallelujah. Touching every life, touching every soul. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time. Hallelujah. We are all welcome to the Inspired by the Word Global with the Lord Times of Devotion. Hallelujah. This is a new week, hallelujah, an awesome new week of change. Thank you, esteemed Sister Maka, for the opportunity to lead prayers again this morning. Over to you right now, Ma, for the Rhapsody devotional. Thank you, Ma. Oh. 
Hallelujah, praise God. Thank you so much, PD. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a whole new week of the miraculous. This is a special week in God's calendar. And um, in this month of change, this is one week that anything can happen. Um, the grace is high. The grace is very high. Um, if you if you understand what I am saying, you certainly do understand. There is um, it's like an open checkbook. Make sure that you cause the changes that you require. Make sure that you cause the changes that you require. Praise God. It's a beautiful month. And today, Monday, 15th of March, the title of today's devotional article says, Victory unto victory. Glory to God. Second Corinthians 2 and verse 14 from the NIV translation. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. And through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Who always leads us in triumphal procession. I begin the devotional. You can win every day and achieve extraordinary success. The Amplified Version of the scripture above says, thanks, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Hallelujah. As we get ourselves prepared in these days before the rapture, you're not only going to be triumphant in your city, but everywhere you go. First John 5 and verse 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God is victorious over the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. That's in the Amplified Classic Translation. The question is, what's your mentality? What's your mentality? How do you see yourself? When we say Christ has given your life a meaning, that's what we're talking about. Because you've come to a place where you realize life isn't for defeat. Brothers and sisters, life isn't for defeat. Your journey is victory unto victory. That's our heritage in Christ. I was talking to a friend um, sometime early this year and we were sharing about the year and talking about the past year. And then I was telling her some of the things that happened last year that had to do with me, some of the challenges. And then she started crying. She started crying. She said, ah, that's Samaka, you went through all of this and nobody knew. And you were, you, we, we will see you every time you're happy. You're, you, you went about the work. You, you didn't say, oh, I'm not doing again and all of that. And I was, I was laughing and I was, I was wondering, wondering where that question was coming from. But this is why I was that way. That's what we just read. Life isn't for defeat. Your journey is victory unto victory. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what I have to face in this world. It does not matter from what quarters they bring the trouble. It does not matter what, you know, because sometimes like Joseph, a Christian can be, can find themselves in a situation like Joseph, you know, in the house of Potiphar, where the, the Christian was tempted to do something wrong, but because they refused, then it looked like they got into trouble for refusing to do the wrong thing. You know, so Joseph in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife wanted him. Joseph said no. And she framed him up for raping her, for attempting to rape her. And then Joseph went to prison. So this can be the story of a Christian. You can go through certain challenges because of your, of, of your desire not to compromise. You said, no, on this matter, I'm a Christian. I would not compromise. They say, oh, you are a Christian. Okay. You get to work the next day. Different colleagues have danged up and, and witnessed for, in, in, witnessed against you. You know, they say that in matter of two or three witnesses, a, master, a, a matter is judged. So they've come together as witnesses concerning a matter. And they say, yes, I was there. She said this. Yet, yes, I was there. She did this. And the evidences show that you are guilty. Then like Joseph, you may find yourself in the prison. Brothers and sisters, it is not unto defeat. 
It is not unto defeat. Oh, they went to report you to SARS. They went to report you to EFCC. They went to report you to the police and you were arrested. It is not unto defeat. The evidences in court look like they are against you. It looks like you are going to go to prison. You may even have a loved one who is in prison, but you know that that person is innocent. It is not unto defeat. The life of the Christian, this is a reminder that today's article is bringing unto us. It is from victory to victory. We saw it in the Bible. What happened to Joseph from the prison to the palace? And you know the beautiful thing about God, when God promotes, he makes a statement with his promotion. Joseph became the Lord of the man who sent him to prison. Brothers and sisters, you are coming out strong. <laughs> you are coming out with testimonies. And those who ganged up against you, you will be their boss. But when you get promoted, be like Joseph. He did not repay evil for evil. Potiphar still served the king. He never mentioned it. Praise God. So realize that life isn't for defeat. Your journey is victory unto victory. That's our heritage in Christ. It makes no difference that the world is in crisis. There should never be fear in you. There should never be fear in you. If it is the news, you know, a lot of people make a, a, a tradition of listening to CNN. See, if there's one news you should not listen to is CNN. It's a baggage of lies. I have evidences to prove, even in a law court, that CNN is a baggage of lies. They say one thing here today, two weeks later they are saying it because they feel that you cannot add it up. They feel like you did not remember that they said something ago, two weeks ago. If you want to read news, watch where you are getting your news from. Because most of the guys in the news industries, they just want to sell what sells. They just want to preach what sells, market what sells. It's about the hits. It's about how many people are listening to them. It's about how many views. It's about how many hits they get on their websites. So any news that would bring traffic, they would sell it, whether it's a lie or not. So you have to be careful where you're getting your information. But there's one place I know that you always get the right information. The Bible never lies. And if you're in Love World, we have Love World news on all the satellite televisions. They are safe news, investigated, and they are, they are reported conscious of the fact that your heart is at stake when it comes to the kind of things that you hear. So they are reported with care and with a mindset of the victory that we have in Christ. So there should be no fear in you. If the news is bringing you fear, stop it. Jesus said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. John 16 and verse 33. He overcame the world for you. He overcame the world for you. See, if you are afraid of what is happening in this world, then you are making it look like Jesus came in vain. He came, he overcame, and he did it for you. He gave you the victory. Stop acting like you are a victim. You are not a victim, you are a victor. There's a message, victim or victor. Maybe I should send it to you guys. I hope you all got the message I sent, the um, anticipating evil. Have you been listening to them? Let me see your response on the chat room. He overcame the world for you. To be born again is to be born of God. And it says whatsoever is born of God is victorious over Satan. The world and its failing system. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This system of the world was designed to fail. But the failure is not for you. The, the, the flood that destroyed the world was the same flood that was lifting up Noah's ark unto safety. Anything that comes to destroy this world is for your promotion. Let it settle in your mind. Let this be your mindset. Get excited when you face troubles or crisis. Be like Joseph, even in the prison. He, he served the, the, the prison warder, that the prison warder made him in charge. He was not fighting the prison warder. Because you are certain it will all turn out for your good. He knew his destiny wasn't onto the prison. He remembered his dreams as a child. When he was there, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed to him. When they were, she, when they were in the, in, in, during the harvest, he said all the sheaves, the sheaves of all the, the, the mom, the dad, and his siblings, he said they bowed down to his own sheaves. So he remembered, he knew that nothing 
can change God's destiny for him, except he does, except he gave up, except he stopped believing. So in the prison he served, even as a slave in Potiphar's house, he said that the master left everything to his trust. Can you serve in a way whereby I can, um, um, your leader can leave everything to your trust, knowing that with you there, the targets will be delivered. With you there, the matter will be done. God has blessed me with such kind of people over the years. Where I can give an instruction and go to sleep, of course, I will not go to sleep. But I can give an instruction and go to sleep and then show up and know that, man, the job will be done and it will be done excellently. I have them here. Pastor Debbie is one of them. Joy is one of them. A lot of them are on this call. Over the years, they are people that they carry the matter, they personalize it. And God has so many of such children. And I'm sure many of you are that way in your different churches, in your different chapters, wherever you serve, wherever you do business, you serve as though it is yours. And you do it with so much excitement, so much innovation, so much excellent results. Excellence in service delivery it was, it was, is an award we give in, in, my, in my cell and it's, it's an award, it was an award that everybody wanted to win. Because we wanted you to do something for God. Don't do excellent things in the office and win award in the office and in the house of God. You do it shabbishly. So we would give the excellence in service delivery in our quarterly awards as a cell. And everyone who won it, it was, it was the, for them, it was like the greatest award. Why were we rewarding it? Because people imitate what you celebrate. So we celebrated those who delivered God's work with excellence so that others can imitate it. And that's how over the years in TGC, we built a culture of excellence. It doesn't matter how many we are, we will do an excellent job. So get excited when you face troubles or tri crisis because you are certain it will all turn out for your good. This is because in our kingdom, in our kingdom, brothers and sisters, we have a kingdom. This world is not our kingdom. In our kingdom, we win only and make progress from glory to glory. We dominate this physical world with the principles of our heavenly kingdom. We dominate the physical world with the principles of our heavenly kingdom. If you followed us from COVID-19 till now, you will know that we have tamed this world. <laughs> we have tamed them. They have heard of us. They have heard of us. They have known that hey, we are not normal people. We are not people to be toyed with or messed up with because we've messed them up big time. Their plans didn't roll out. We dominate this physical world with the principles of our heavenly kingdom. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Victory unto victory. Even this week, so much victory, victories every day, everywhere we go, everywhere we turn in, everything we do, victory upon victory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory to God. I'll hand over to Sister Joy for the further study and the ROL confession. God bless you, everyone. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka. Um, it's such a delight, such a privilege to be under your tutelage. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you so much for that inspiring ministration. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. I'm going to be taking the further study. We're reading from Romans 8, 35 to 37. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Praise God. First John 4, 3 to 4. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yes, correct. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye 
are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going to be taking the confession together. Kindly stay muted and repeat after me. Thank you. I'm triumphant over the world because I'm born of God. When the fierce storms and pressures of life below against me, I refuse to be moved for I'm more than a conqueror. I refuse to be overwhelmed by anything in this life because the greater one lives in me and causes me to triumph always and in every place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother Zia for the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your kind attention. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depends on where we're connecting from. Thank you, Sister Maka, for this wonderful platform. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you, everyone, for being a partaker of this Bible reading plan every single day. We have jumped into the book of Luke today, and we're reading Luke chapter 1, and we're reading the message translation. First one says, so many others have tried their hands at putting together a story of the wonderful harvest of scripture and history that took place among us using reports handed down by the original eyewitnesses who served this world with their very lives. Since I have investigated all the reports in close detail, starting from the story's beginning, I decided to write it all out for you, most honorable Theophilus. So you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt the reliability of what you were taught. And the caption, a childless couple conceives. Verse 5, during the rule of King Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest assigned service in the regiment of Abijah. His name was Zachariah. His wife was descended, descended, descendant from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Together they lived honorably before God, careful in keeping to the ways of the commandments and enjoying a clear conscience before God. But they were childless because Elizabeth could not conceive, and now they were quite old. It so happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God, walking the ship assigned to his regiment, it came his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary of God and burn incense. The congregation was gathered and praying outside the temple at the hour of the incense offering. Unannounced, an angel of God appeared just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was paralyzed in fear, but the angel reassured him, don't fear Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth, your wife, will bear a son by you. You are to name him John. You are going to leap like a gazelle for joy, not only you. Many will delight in his birth. He will achieve great stature with God. He will drink neither wine nor beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment he leaves his mother's womb. He will turn many sons and daughters of Israel back to their God. He will herald God's arrival in the style and strength of Elijah, soften the hearts of parents to children and kindle devote understanding among hardened skeptics. He will get the people ready for God. Zacharias said to the angel, do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. But the angel said, I am Gabriel, the sentinel of God, sent especially to bring you this glad news. But because you won't believe me, you will be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. 
every word I've spoken to you will come true on, on time, God's time. Meanwhile, the congregation waiting for Zachariah was getting restless, wondering what was keeping him so long in the sanctuary. When he came out and couldn't speak, they knew he had seen a vision. He continued speechless and had to use sign language with the people. When the course of his priestly assignment was completed, he went back home. It wasn't long before his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. She went off by herself for five months, relishing her pregnancy. So this is how God acts to remedy my unfortunate condition, she said. And may the Lord bless this reading. And as we go forth this week, we go forth in the miraculous, believing all that God has spoken to us, even the seemingly impossible, and acting according to it. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for this wonderful time. We shared this with you. Have a blessed week. And I hand over to Brother John, who will take us through the Old Testament Bible reading plan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Z. That was beautiful. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone of us connected here. Congratulations on the progress that we are making in this Bible reading. Just don't mean that we have finished six books already. God is gracious and kind. Okay, so we are now in Deuteronomy 3. Deuteronomy 3. Thank you, esteemed Amara, for this opportunity. So I read from verse 1. Then it turned not, no, then we turned north and took the road Bashan. Og, king of Bashan, he and all his people came out to meet us in battle at Idre. God said to me, don't be afraid of him. I'm turning him over to you along with his whole army and his land. Treat him the way you treated Sihon, king of the Amorites, who ruled from Heshbon. So God, our God, also handed Og, king of Bashan, over to us, Og and all his, and all his people, and we utterly crushed them. Again, no survivors. At the same time, we took all his cities. There wasn't one of the 60 cities that we didn't take. The whole region of Agog, Og's kingdom in Bashan. All these cities were fortress cities with high walls and bad gates. There were also numerous unwalled villages. We totally destroyed them, a holy destruction. It was the same treatment we gave to Sihon, king of Heshbon, a holy destruction of every city, man, woman, and child. For all the livestock and plunder from the cities we took for ourselves. Throughout that time, we took the land from under the control of the two kings of the Amorites who ruled the country of east of the Jordan, all the way from the brook Anon to, to Mount Hermon. Syrian is the name given Hermon by the Sidonians. The Amorites call it Sinai. We took all the towns of the plateau, everything in Gilead, everything in Bashan, as far as Salika and Edre, the border towns of Bashan, Og's kingdom. Verse 11, Og, king of Bashan, was the last remaining refined. His bed, made of iron, was over 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. You can still see it on display in Rabbah of the people of Ammon. Verse 12, of the land that we possessed at that time, I gave the Reubenites and the Gadites, the territory north of Aroer, along the brook Anon, and half the hill country of Gilead, with its towns. I gave the half-tribe of Manasseh, the rest of Gilead, and all of Bashan, Ox Kingdom, all the region of Agob, which takes in all of Bashan. This used to be known as the land of Raphael. Jair, a son of Manasseh, got the region of Agob, to the borders of the Geshurites and Makatites. He named the Bashan villages after himself, Havot Jer, which means Jer's tent villages. 
they are still called darts. I gave Gilead to Maka. I gave the Reubenites and Gadites the land from Gilead down to the brook Anon, whose middle was the boundary. And as far as the Jabbok River, the boundary line of the people of Ammon, the, the western boundary was the Jordan River in the Arabah all the way from the Canaanites, the Sea of Galilee, to the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea or Dead Sea, at the base of the slopes of Mount Pisgah on the east. Verse 18, I commanded you at that time, God your God has given you this land to possess. Your men, fit and armed for the fight, are to cross the river in advance of their brothers, the people of Israel. Only your wives, children, and livestock, I know you have much livestock, may go ahead and settle down in the towns. I have already given you, in the towns I have already given you, until God secures living space for your brothers, as he has for you. And they have taken possession of the country west of the Jordan that God, your God, is giving them. After that, each man may return to the land I have given you here. Verse 21. I commanded Joshua at that time, you have seen with your own two eyes everything God, your God, has done to these two kings. God is going to do the same to all the kingdoms over there across the river to where you are headed. Don't be afraid of them. God, your God, he is fighting for you. At that time, at that same time, I begged God, God, my master, you let me in on the beginnings. You let me see your greatness. You let me see your might. What God in heaven or earth can do anything like what you've done? Please let me in also on the endings. Let me cross the river and see the good land over the Jordan, the lush hills, the Lebanon mountains. But God was still angry with me because of you. He wouldn't listen. He said, enough of that. Not another word from me on this. Climb to the top of the mountain. Peace God and look around. Look west, north, south, east. Taking the land with your own eyes. Take a good look because you are not going to cross this Jordan. Then command Joshua, give him courage, give him strength. Single-handed, he will lead his, he will lead these people across the river. Single-handed, he will cause them to inherit the land at which you can only look. That is why we have stayed in this valley near Beth Peor. Hmm. Praise the Lord. I now hand over to Estimdana to take us to Deuteronomy 4. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Brother John. Thank you, Brother Dozi. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be reading Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 4. And um, like Brother John said, we've, we've actually finished six books already. Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, right? And then, these six books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Yeah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. Then we've done Mark, Matthew, and Mark. Yes. We entered Luke today. Amazing. Praise God. And so, so much we have learned in God's word. You know, um, some some people would read, you know, the thing about reading the Bible in different translations is that sometimes you get to understand the context of different matters. For instance, um, like what Bela Duse read in Luke 1, when the angel came to Zechariah, if, if you don't read it in certain translations, you will not understand the difference between what happened with Zechariah and what happened with Mary. Because the same way an angel appeared to Zachariah and said that, oh, your wife's going to give birth. The same way an angel appeared to Mary and said, hey, you're going to conceive without the instrument of a man and you're going to give birth. And look at the way Zachariah asked the question. Zachariah asked the angels that, like, are you joking? Do you expect me to believe this? So he was acting out, he was acting out of doubt. Mary on the other side said, how shall these things be seen? I have not been with a man. So Mary was asking from a place of wanting to understand what the angel was saying. She was like, um, sir, you know that 
it takes a man for a woman to get pregnant. This one you're saying, I'm going to get pregnant without a man. How is it going to happen? So she was not acting out of a place of doubt because when you notice, the angel now answered her and said that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you would conceive. Then her answer, from her answer, you would tell the state of her mind when she asked the question. She now said that, be it unto me according to your word. Zachariah, on the other hand, was questioning an angel from God. They came to deliver a message to you from God. You are questioning the angel. The angel was so angry and now said that, it's like you don't understand who is talking to you. Number one, Gabriel is like an archangel. Like he was trying to say, God didn't send anybody. He didn't send just any angel. He sent me like one of his top men. And I'm talking to you, you are doubting me. And he said, you're not going to talk till that child comes. So you might feel like, you might read it and like, oh, Gabriel got angry. No. You see, when you understand spiritual realities, you can, you can, you can detect what is happening in a particular situation. Now, it was obvious that Zachariah was going to use his confession to corrupt the fulfillment of the prophecy. Because it is not enough that God gives you a prophecy. Your agreement with the prophecy, your confession of that prophecy on a daily basis matters to it coming to pass. We see that from the days of Abraham. Until Abraham believed and began to talk that God had to take him out and say, look at the skies. God had to help his creative imagination. Until then, Isaac didn't come. God had told Abraham about Isaac as at when he was 70 something. Isaac didn't come until when he was 100. It was much later towards that time when he was almost 100 that God had to come and say, I need to help this man else this prophecy will not be fulfilled. So the, the saying that uh, Zechariah, you will not talk oh, so that you will not, this thing must be fulfilled because John has to prepare the way for Christ. And the, 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 the lady that is bringing Christ has received the word of prophecy. So the prophecy is already active. And John has to come. He has to come before Jesus. So this thing cannot be delayed and I will not allow you delayed. So you will not talk till the child comes. I believe you guys understand what I'm saying, right? So you need to understand that God is not a wicked person. Now, when you come and then you read the passage where John just read, that is chapter three of Deuteronomy, and where he, 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 um, we were, because this was Moses now, he was giving a summary and reminding the children of Israel of certain things because God had told him, come, you are about to die, come and go. And then he wanted to do like a review session with the children of Israel of everything that God had told them to do. So that's what we see him doing in recent times. Now, when you see how that in, uh, in the land of Og, there was a holy destruction, woman, man, and children, you might feel like, uh -uh, is God that wicked to kill man, woman, and children? But like I said, you see, you need, to, you need to understand the Bible. And if you're a Bible scholar, you may not see it in this particular passage. But when you add up all the Bible, you add up many things. Now, you saw where they told us about the king of Bashan, that he was one of the Rephites, right? He was a giant. If you read somewhere where he said that, you know, um, the fallen angels had actually come to the earth at that time and had... Um, had gone in onto the um, um, daughters of men, that is women that were born by human beings. And then they, had, they started having children. Those children turned out to be giants. So why was God destroying the world at this time that he was using the children of Israel? Notice every time he told the children of Israel, a holy destruction. He said, destroy every one of them. Don't let anyone survive. It was because at that time, race had been corrupted. The race had been corrupted. And remember that in Genesis 6, after the flood, God promised that he was not going to destroy the land anymore with water. So it would have caused God nothing to take away, take away that, uh, that generation again, you know, and let them go. But he had promised he was not going to destroy the earth with water. So at this time, these people had been corrupted. They were no longer human beings. And this is a thing with the MRA vaccine that we've been preaching about. It's not about a vaccine, it's about what the vaccine would do to the human being. It's going to alter the human being's DNA. And from the center where those things were, because the vaccine is connected to a data center. From that data center, the people can be altered. 
their creation, they will cease to be human beings. They will not have the ability to love God because remember that these were fallen angels who hated God and fought God in the heavens and then they fell. So they hated everything God. So if they entered into a human race, they, 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 they spread that hatred of God. So, and that's what the devil is doing. It, it's, it's, that's the plan with the MRA um, 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 vaccine. So when these people receive this vaccine from the data center, their DNAs are being altered. They cease to be human beings and they hate everything God and begin to do everything against God. At that point, they are no longer the human creation that God made. This is why they will be destroyed in fire. And this is why there will be no hope of salvation for the man who receives that mark of the beast. You know, so when you understand all of this, because remember that from Genesis, we established chapter by chapter how that God is love. If you followed us, you, I'm sure by now you have come to the conclusion that God is a good God. So I just thought to clarify those areas so that you can, um, you don't have doubts as to what you believe about God. You know, this is a Bible journey. And um, we want to be sure that you, you have the right understanding at every point in time of the scriptures that we're reading. So I'll quickly read Deuteronomy chapter four, and then we'll wrap up for today. Now listen, Israel, listen carefully to the rules and regulations that I am teaching you to follow so that you may leave and enter and take possession of the land that God, the God of your fathers is giving to you. Don't add a word to what I command you and don't remove a word from it. Keep the commands of God, your God, that I am commanding you. You saw with your own eyes what God did at Baal Hur, how God destroyed from among you every man who joined in the Baal Hur orgies. But you, the ones who held tight to God, your God, are alive and well, every one of you today. Pay attention. I'm teaching you the rules and regulations that God commanded me so that you may live by them in the land you are entering to take up ownership. Keep them, practice them. You will become wise and understanding. When people hear and see what's going on, they will say, what a great nation. So wise, so understanding. We've never seen anything like it. Yes, what other great nation has God's has gods that are intimate with them the way God our God is with us, always ready to listen to us. Brothers and sisters, God is always ready to listen to you. And what other great nation has rules and regulations as good and fair as this revelation that I'm setting before you today? Just make sure you stay alert. Keep close watch over yourselves. Don't forget anything of what you've seen. Don't let your heart wander off. Stay vigilant as long as you live. Teach what you've seen and heard to your children and grandchildren. That day when you stood before God, your God at Horeb, God sent, said to me, assemble the people in my presence to listen to my words so that they will learn to fear me in holy fear for as long as they live on the land. And then they will teach those, they will teach these same words to their children. Fathers and mothers, I believe you can see this in the scripture. It is your responsibility to raise your children. Teach them the word of God. Don't say when they come of age, they will find God for themselves. No. It is how you raise them that they will turn out. If they find God for themselves, depends on you. Verse 11, you gathered. You stood in the shadow of the mountain. The mountain was ablaze with fire blazing high into the very heart of heaven. You stood in deep darkness and thick clouds. God spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but you saw nothing. No form, only a voice. He announced his covenant, the 10 words by which he commanded you to live. Then he wrote them down on two slabs of stone. And God commanded me at that time to teach you the rules and regulations that you are to live by in the land which you are crossing over the Jordan to possess. You saw no form on the day God spoke to you at Horeb from out of the fire. Remember that. Carefully guard yourself so that you don't turn corrupt and make a form, carving a figure that looks male or female or looks like a prowling animal or a flying bird or a slithering snake 
or a fish in a stream. And also carefully guard yourselves so that you don't look up into the skies and see the sun and moon and stars, all the constellations of the skies and be seduced into worshiping and serving them. God set them out for everybody's benefit everywhere. But you, God took you right out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt to become the people of his inheritance. And that's what you are this very day. Moses was saying, God didn't show you any form of what he looks like. Don't try to make an image and say, this is our God. Verse 21, but God was angry with me because of you and the things you said. He swore that I'll never cross the Jordan, never get to enter the good land that God, your God is giving you as an inheritance. This means that I'm going to die here. I am not crossing the Jordan, but you will cross. You possess the good land, so stay alert. Don't for a minute forget the covenant which God, your God, made with you. And don't take up any carved images, no forms of any kind. God, your God, issued clear commands on that. God, your God, is not to be trifled with. He's a consuming fire, a jealous God. When the time comes that you have children and grandchildren, put on years and start taking things for granted granted. If you then become corrupt and make any carved images, no matter what they are from, by doing what is share evil in God's sight and provoking his anger, I can tell you right now with heaven and earth as witnesses that it will be all over for you. You'll be kicked off the land and you are, that you are about to cross over the Jordan to possess. Believe me, you have a very short stay there. You'll be ruined, completely ruined. God will scatter you far and wide. A few of you will survive here and there in the nations where God will drive you. There you can worship your homemade gods to your heart's content. Your wonderful gods of wood and stone that can't see or hear or eat or smell. But even there, you will seek, if, you, if you seek God, your God, you'll be able to find him if you are serious. Looking for him with your whole heart and soul. When troubles come and all these awful things happen to you, in future days, you will come back to God, your God, and listen obediently to what he says. God, your God, is above all a compassionate God. In the end, he will not abandon you. He won't bring you to ruin. He won't forget the covenant with your ancestors, which he swore to them. Ask questions. Find out what has been going on all these years before you were born. From the day God created man and woman on this earth and from the horizon in the east to the horizon in the west as far back as you can imagine and as far away as you can imagine has has as great a thing as this ever happened has anyone ever heard such a such head of such a thing has a people ever heard as you did a god speaking out of the middle of the fire and lead to tell the story or has a god ever tried to select for himself a nation from within a nation using trials, miracles, and war, putting his strong hand in, reaching his long arm out, a spectacle awesome and staggering, the way God, your God, did. The way God, your God, did it for you in Egypt while you stood right there and watched. You were shown all this so that you would know that, they, that God is well God. He's the only God there is. He's it. He made it possible for you to hear his voice out of heaven to discipline you. Down on earth, he showed you the big fire and again you heard his words. This time out of the fire. He loved your ancestors and chose to work with their children. He personally and powerfully brought you out of Egypt in order to display bigger and stronger and older nations with you. In order to displace bigger and stronger and older nations with you, bringing you out and turning their land over to you as an inheritance. And now it's happening this very day. Know this then, take it to heart right now. God is in heaven above, God is on earth below. He's the only God there is. Obediently live by his rules and commands which I'm giving you today so that you live well and your children after you. Oh, you live a long time in the land that God, your God, is giving you. Then Moses set aside three towns in the country on the east side of Jordan to which someone who unintentionally killed the person could flee and find refuge. If the mother was unintentional and there was no history of bad blood, the mother could flee to one of the cities and save his life. Bezer in the wilderness on the tableland of the Reubenites. Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites and Golan in Bashan for the Manasites. 
This is the revelation that Moses presented to the people of Israel. These are the testimonies, the rules and regulations Moses spoke to the people of Israel after their exodus from Egypt and arrival on the east side of the Jordan in the valley near Beth Hor. It was the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who ruled the Heshbon. Moses and the people of Israel fought and beat him after they left Egypt and took his land. They also took the land of Og, king of Bashan. The two Amorite kings held the country on the east of the Jordan from Ara on the bank of the brook Anon as far north as Mount Sion, that is Mount Hermon, all the Ara Araba plain east of the Jordan and as far south as the Sea of Araba, the Dead Sea beneath the slopes of Mount Pisgah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It finds soil, good soil, and gains harvest in our hearts and produces in us all that it talks about in Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you, Brother Martins, for the Pauline affirmation. Okay, I don't see Brother Martins online. Um, Brother Jose, please help put the put the Pauline affirmation on the screen, and let's quickly take the affirmation. Okay, like we always do, your name. You take the affirmation. So, at the count of one, two, and three, let's go. My name is Amaka. I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The eyes of my understanding are enlightened such that I know the hope of God's calling upon my life and the riches of the glory of the Praise God, hallelujah, and it is so in Jesus' name, amen. At this point, we're going to take the Pauline up from the communion. Please um, get your communion materials ready at this moment. And I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Father, thank you for the body. Today we are reminded that victory was what Christ gave us. And today we affirm our victory throughout this week, throughout this month, throughout this year, and throughout our lives till the rapture. We enjoy the victory that Christ gave us. And as we break this bread, thank you, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You can break the bread and eat it at this moment. Verse 25, after the same manner also he took the cup when he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. These two years of this, you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. 
Thank you, Father, for the cup. The cup, the cup, the cup. The cup of the new covenant sealed with the blood of Jesus. Even as we take the cup today, we proclaim that everything that that blood delivered to us, all that the blood settled, that blood settled sickness, settled diseases, settled weaknesses, settled infirmities, settled defeat, settled everything that is of the darkness. And we woke up into light, into glory, into bliss, into splendor, into victory, into triumph. And this is the story of our lives. The life of everyone here this week is victorious. We will have testimonies. Many of us will give for the gospel thing, totals that we have never given, adding all our previous givings put together in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord for new levels, for new promotions, promotions, promotions. Thank you for new jobs. Thank you for new projects, business contracts, new opportunities that bring money. Thank you, Father, because we have created money and we put monies all around the world that would now come to us. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Extim co-host, for the blessing that you are. Thank you, everyone, for joining on a daily basis. We've had a great time today, and um, we'll now share a benediction. You know, just, just 30 seconds, I, I want to share, um, there's a testimony of a brother who, you know, when we talk about kingdom financing and kingdom financing, he had wanted to give a millionaire at least a millionaire this year. He was saying, I'm going to give my first one million this year. On Thursday, he got a job offer of $4,000 per month. That's 1.8 million naira. What that means that he can comfortably give one million naira on a monthly basis going forward. What am I trying to say? Your big dreams are valid. Your desires to do big for God, not them because they will come to pass. Congratulations. Let's unmute as we share the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet spirit is with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy the days of our life, and we dwell in the house of God forever, ever. Amen.